At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu/gradschool. Okay, well that was the end of the uh, France-Argentina game, uh, the first of the knockout stages, and what a corker it was. Uh, so many lovely goals to talk about, lovely moments. Uh, we can chat to Alex as well about the uh, the tactical what's and wherefores. Perhaps we should start with you, Phil, as an ardent French supporter. Uh, I'm going to let you know that my favourite moment of the game. Uh, was when, I believe it was uh, Kylian Mbappe scored his second goal, and you said, no, pull their pants down, pull their pants down. <laughs> uh, I think they did pull their pants down. I think they did a little bit, didn't they? I mean, the, the scoreline wouldn't reflect that, but um, no. for great swathes of the game, France absolutely played them off the park, and even at 2-1, I, I said to you guys, if France get one here, they'll win it, because mm. they, they still looked a lot better equipped to do so. Lisa, I'm absolutely exhausted. Yes. Yeah. Through how much I went through in that game, <laughs> it's um, a lot of tension in your and corner of the room. Obviously, massively, massively delighted. Yeah. So I've, I've, I think if France get to the quarterfinals, well, now the France are in the quarterfinals, rather, I'm kind of happy now in mm. a way. Obviously, I'd love for them to win the next game and to win the tournament. But if, if they get knocked <coughs> out by a clever Portugal Uruguay squad, I'm kind of happy now because at least yeah. we've showed. At least they've shown what people wanted from the French squad, yeah. if, even if only for 90 minutes. And it's a massive thing that the French team can take forward in yeah. that individual performance. Yeah. And my favourite moment would obviously be the Pavar goal. That was, and I need to eat a very big piece of humble pie. Because <laughs> yes. I was um, a bit nervous when he, when he was announced, but you know, I've clearly not watched enough of him. Well, um, I'm, during, during I'm not season. sure he's ever done that before. So I don't know if you could be... Uh... <laughs> no, I think it was very good throughout the rest of the game as well. I yeah. think the French defence, generally, there was, there was obviously... a the, the dodgy, weird uh, Argentine second goal. The first one, as you said, uh, perhaps the French could have, the French defence could have closed down Di Maria, but yeah. it was a strike from yeah. out of nowhere. So it's, there's, there's that as well. Overall, I thought France were very, very strong defensively yeah. and really organised. And it was great to see they look really cool and really level-headed. Yeah. And it's just great to see Mbappe you know, just lighting the tournament up like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we, we were just chatting outside about the... Um, the Argentina goals, and you said there at the beginning that perhaps the scoreline doesn't really reflect how the game was played. Maybe it's slightly unfair to say this, but as you said, the the Di Maria goal, not short of closing it down a little bit, not much you can do about that. Uh, the uh, the second goal, the Mercado goal, uh, was a, obviously a bit of a weird deflection. The Sergio Aguero one coming in the final minutes of the game, I think that's unlikely to have happened at any other point in the game, just based yeah. on how many players Argentina had forward, you know. It was a good goal as well, the Aguero one. That was, um, was sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is that, I, yeah, I, I would, I think almost it'd be, it's a bit probably unfair, but I would say that probably a two-goal score line for France would have been right. the correct one. Yeah. Like, obviously, I will take it. Yeah. But um, And seven goals, I will take that too. Yeah, absolutely. Great for the tournament. Yeah, it was yeah. delightful. Um, Alex, I want to ask you about a particular player who I thought had a strong performance, uh, Paul Popper, who was mm. very good. Throughout the second half, he looked very composed. He held the ball very well. He was super strong when he was on the ball as well and didn't lose possession very easily. Um, and that's the sort of performance you want to see from a player like that, isn't it? Yeah, made a lot of recovery tackles as well. Uh, released uh, Mbappe for the um, penalty that was won with a, a quick piece of thinking 
then very well executed. Um, I think uh, the balance of that midfield was right. I mean, Matuidi apparently lines up on the left wing yeah. in that 4-2-3-1, but Matuidi's energy is such that he's really playing in a 4-3-3 when, when France are kind of progressing from their half of the pitch forwards. He can then get up in support. Was, um, it, was he there to mark Messi? I guess, uh, to a degree, but uh, he also, I mean, he, you know, it's not his first start in that position, and he, he adds a degree of solidity. I mean, we, I was talking to Philippe outside at one point, I think half time, and, and said that maybe Deschamps had been conservative, too conservative by selecting Giroud, yeah. and that a, a front with um, Mbappe. As a effectively as a centre forward, and then Dembele on the right would have worked possibly quite well against uh, the Argentine backline, which is very slow. Yeah. Um, I, I think Giroud actually, you know, that lovely, lovely through ball for Mbappe's second, mm. um, and that kind of presence of mind and that physicality when Argentina started roughhousing, which they really, I mean, I think Argentina really let themselves down with the way that they. They saw out that game. Mm. Um, the ridiculous Mercado challenge followed up with Otamendi kicking the ball straight into whoever it was that was on the ground. Pogba, I mean, it's just yeah. it's pretty sad, really. I think Mascherano <coughs> was maybe lucky to get away without getting a second yellow as well. Yeah, I mean, Mascherano has been the, the letdown of the tournament in terms of a player with a stellar reputation. Um, I mean, you know, he's, he's been slow for a while, but he's mm. he just looked so off the pace in that game and, and this incredibly dynamic young French side um, you know they ran rings around that that Argentine um, kind of spine uh, made them look quite silly mm. Would you think Deschamps then has, has finally sorted out what he wants to do with his forward line because obviously Giroud didn't start the first game but he started every game since then and today it seemed to click really well although they did look a bit like they were playing on the counter-attack at times was that just how it was shaping out how the game was going? I think that's how the game was going they, they were wary of the only Argentina threat which was really mostly Di Maria occasionally Pavon running with the ball at feet yeah. towards the fullback and then cutting inside um, and I think they probably didn't want to get caught too much on that. Uh, they also had the pace of Mbappe and the carrying ability out of central midfield, particularly of Pogba, but mm. also of Matuidi and Kante, mm. um, which I think meant that playing on the counter-attack did make a lot of sense. And in that regard, Giroud almost was sort of dropping off behind Griezmann um, at times as the kind of link player to Griezmann being a quicker forward. Mm. I thought Griezmann had a superb game. Um, I thought he, he linked play well. He was a, an effective focal point. He worked really hard tracking back as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, my personal feeling on Deschamps is that he, he is too conservative. Um, it, it clicked in this game, there's no doubt. Um, but I think... It's still a very poor Argentina side, mm. and I would like to have seen France set out to go for them a bit more mm -hmm. consistently from the beginning. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about the Argentina side then, because it was the fourth game of the tournament, 
the fourth different lineup, fourth different setup, it's like, arguably. It's like the 15th or 16th consecutive yeah. selection that's been different in yeah. either formation or personnel. And this one, of course, it really didn't seem to work from the beginning. Uh, Messi was a there was a lot of talk of him playing as a false nine. He wasn't really. You made the point during the game that he was playing more as an eight. He was dropping so <laughs> deep. Yeah. I think he had in the first half, he had like one touch in the box. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's all very well having him central as a false nine because the point of being a false nine is that you play in between the defensive and the midfield line. Now, that that, that achieves two different things depending on which type of player you are. It either means that you are a kind of a fulcrum that links players pushing up ahead of you or cutting inside from further ahead out wide and you Mm. can play passes in. Messi's very good at that. Or it gives you space to dribble into and create problems and shoot. Messi's very good at that. So there's, there's no problem with Messi playing as a false nine. Unfortunately, because there was such a lack of cohesion between whatever that kind of forward arrangement was and the Argentina midfield. Mm. Um, you know, Benega played a couple of good passes again, but didn't really kind of click and get forwards enough. Um, arguably because he had to cover for Mascherano. It, it didn't work, and Messi was having to drop further and further deeper uh, back in order to try and get the ball to then make something happen. But of course, it's a little bit like Morocco had with um, Zayish yeah. in the you know, you kind of you have this really, really good creative player who can carry the ball and play killer passes and stuff, but there's nobody ahead of them yeah. to then get onto that pass. Yeah. So and it did. It did look like that at many times for Argentina when Di Maria, who you know had an okay game, yeah, was yeah, he uh, right. heading down the wings, looking to maybe cross the ball in. Who's there's, that? There's no one there. Yeah, and Messi's, and Messi's back in midfield, and 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 Higuain's on the bench, Aguero's on the bench. Yeah, and you, I just think that. Um, I don't. Sampaoli has. He was a stellar coach for Chile. You know, he got a huge amount out of them. A far more, uh, I suppose, limited squad in terms of individual technical ability mm. than Argentina. But the selection of the squad seemed wrong from the outset. Mm. Um, and none of the lineups or none none of the setups seemed to have been. You the don't. Right you one. didn't. Well, I didn't look at a single lineup that he's named in the tournament and not even could I not kind of go oh that that makes sense in some instances you'd look at it and go oh, well so who's where mm. you know there's no there's no clarity of thinking there from mm. from me sitting here watching it and and that the lack of clarity of thinking and selection then transfers itself onto the pitch and it, it seemed like you know there, there were sort of three individuals who were generally playing as individuals mm. in Higuain, uh, sorry, in Di Maria, Messi and Pavon. And then behind them you had a group of people who didn't seem to know how they were supposed to fit into that game plan and and also the lack of leadership on the pitch, I think, in terms of how they then started to conduct themselves as you got towards mm. the end of it. You know, Messi, shoulders go down, head goes down, half the rest of them seem to just want to have a fight it, there's, mm. there's, there's clearly not a happy squad. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, and we'll, 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 we'll keep it we'll keep it brief on this. Uh, Alex just waving to his dad there on the telly. There you go, daddy. <laughs> daddy's reading the news again, isn't he? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was 
the commentary. And we won't oh. we won't dither on this too long mm. because it's not really what we're here to talk about. And thankfully, but, that's not really the issue anymore, is no. it? Because well, one of the main issues, which I'm sure about to say, is um, well, it was making there. it all about Messi again. That's one of the that's one of the things I was going to say. Yeah, is that the, the the commentators today seemed intent upon making this about. Uh, Messi's legacy and what happens after Messi's gone and when he was, uh, you know, even in the dying stages of the game, a game which was 4-3, which saw Mbappe score two amazing goals, which saw Pavard goal possibly goal of the tournament, or at least certainly so far. Certainly so far. Yeah. So far goal of the tournament. Uh, you know, so many different talking points, very few of which, and this isn't to be critical of Messi as a player, but in this particular game, very few of which he was actually involved in and then just making the whole story about, oh, is this the last time we're going to see Messi at a World Cup? Blah, 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 blah. And he find, you sort of find it frustrating. And Phil, you made the point that it, that it was it's kind of an easy thing for them to do. And as it became clear that France were going to win the game, mm. the commentators then sort of started to focus the same attention on Mbappe. It's, oh, he, he's the next best player in the world, and now we can just talk about him instead. It seems like they don't know what they're doing. But there. always as a comparative. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah. Who's, the, who's the next Messi? Oh, we've got to talk about that. And they were and c- you, they were cynical about that. You made a, 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 an observation during that. Of, it, it was almost posed by one of the commentators as a rhetorical question. You know, why why are we always on the lookout for the next Messi? Yeah. Oh, he, she said that there there always has to be a next Messi. Right. Which, why is ever why why are we doing that? The only people do doing it. it are the commentators. Yeah. No, yeah. no one else is sitting around saying that. The, you know. The, the, the narrative around that, and you know, okay, you have a World Cup where two of the greatest players of all time, if not the two greatest players of all time, some people would say, are both in the same World Cup. Mm. Well, for a start, generally speaking, the best players of any given age appear at their respective World Cups, so that's not really a surprise. No. And as you say, there was so much else going on in that game. Seven goals! That you kind of just think. I mean, I, I, I thought I thought they stunk the place out. How, how are they lacking them. for things to talk about? You know, yeah. they didn't they didn't seem to really once mention but Argentina's weird lineup. But they, they don't didn't... understand the game. They're there to talk in in cliches and to mispronounce people's names and to wank on about Messi yeah. like that's the only interesting I'm... thing. There's there's zero analysis. There's you did not... say Ziyech though. <laughs> Ziyech. Ziyech. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, I counted, I think, at least three times when they mentioned this could be, it might not be another World Cup of, uh, again. Of, yeah. Once, sure, maybe, yeah. but after just yeah. like a third or fourth occasion, it, yeah. it starts to sound like a. Like... Well, partic- particularly uh, for a France supporter, mm. when France are playing so well and yeah. thoroughly deserve the win, and the commentary seems to just be revolved around this one player who, who you know, think he, he was fine in the game, he was fine. I mean, when, you, when you're coming to sum up that game, you have two questions. You have, why were Argentina so bad? Mm. Of which Messi is an element to that answer, mm-hmm. but only one element, mm-hmm. and arguably one of the smaller ones. And secondly, France have played well here against a team that seems desperate and confused. Can they go and improve now? Mm. What what elements of their play are they going to look to to take forward into the quarterfinals against the potential matchup? That yeah, but those are the only two questions that matter. Yeah, 
neither of those questions were posed no. at any time no. by the commentators. It's very annoying. I feel maybe we've dwindled on that for too long. Lazy. But, uh, That's it, the word I use. It, they, are lazy. Lazy. they are lazy. They are lazy. They're just... Um, we're, we're moaning now. Yeah. No, one, <laughs> no one wants to yeah. listen to moaning. We're lazy. Okay. We're lazy. We're We'd moaning. We'd rather moan than try and say something insightful. Well, I tell you what, it's been so long uh, since we made those predictions, Phil, that I have forgotten what they are, yep. and I would like you to remind me, I believe... Someone's won the points. I've got the points, yeah. I might try and claim the point. Okay, I mean, that'd be weird. What did I say? I said penalties, didn't I? Went for a draw. I said penalties. Draw slash penalties. Well, there's no draws, it's only penalties. I thought that's what. I thought the options were. Oh, no, just the guess to penalties, yeah. Well, if you went for penalties, you're still wrong. The reason I want to claim that is because I feel like the scoreline numerically is like penalties. It's 4 3. That sounds Um, like how you win penalties. I mean, I've already noted it down for myself, and I'm. That's fine, yeah. yeah. So you, you, you've won that point, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, the games coming. That's another point that Alex hasn't won, by the way. Let's have another <laughs> look at the uh, the games coming up. Uh, to be fair... Uh, hello, hello. I was confident France would win that game. Yeah. I just went for Argentina sure. because... Sure, sure. We had reasons. One had gone for... Philippe had gone for a France win, sure. obviously. Sure. You'd gone for a draw. So I, went I, felt, for, I went for penalties after you. I felt you like I'd Don't use hedge. that excuse. You went second. I think your reasoning was... For going for Argentina, it was on a slightly more cosmic level, and that you you thought that if um, oh, if, right. if if you predicted Argentina, so you're essentially wantonly cursing. You're sort of right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. You're sort yeah. of right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, well, that points for Phil anyway, which puts you leagues ahead now. It's almost unfair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uruguay Portugal is the game about to come up. Let's just do some quick predictions for mm. it. Uh, we can talk about the matchups because I believe whoever wins this next game. Is going to play France. I think that's how yep, it works. Yeah. So. so we can talk about that after the next game. Uh, predictions, Alex. Let's begin with yourself. Portugal, Uruguay. If this is a hard one, one nil Uruguay. Well, okay. Well, that would sort of level out the day in terms of how interesting the football was, wouldn't it? Uh, Phil. Penalties, mate. Penalties. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to go I don't for. think this is going to be a game for the ages. No. No. Probably so, not. Sorry. Okay. As somebody who's not called penalties, yeah. probably won't ever. It doesn't matter who wins, it just has to get to penalties, and Phil gets the point. Okay, but if you were to go for penalties as well... Then we would either we would decide whether we split the point, or whether we have a point each. I think we have a little mini-game <coughs> between... A mini-game? I was going to say, maybe, oh. maybe what you should do is... Say okay, penalties. Fine. I'm saying penalties. Mm. Portugal, and then okay, as a, and okay. then a tie. No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. That. I'm. Gonna, I'm saying Portugal. But we could do that in the future. That would be fun. I'm saying Portugal two one. Two one. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Cristiano Ronaldo's going to score two of two goals. <laughs> Maybe even score an own goal and then score all three of the goals because yeah. he's good. Uh, okay. Right. Well, that'll do for now. We'll be back in a little bit. Um, we're just going to watch Alex's dad on the telly. Weird, and uh, yeah, there he is, talking about mist. He likes no, mist, no, no, doesn't no, he? That's, that's fire. That, that's a massive fire. That's a big fire. It's the fire on <laughs> Subtle yeah. Worth More, mate. Oh, Jesus. Right. Okay, uh, well, back in a bit. See you later. Okay, well, that's the end of the Uruguay-Portugal game. Uh, 2-1 to Uruguay there. I believe Alex gets the point for that, Phil. We might as well top that up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Edinson Cavani goals. One Pepe goal. 2-1. Uh, you might have to fill in the blanks for me there, Alex, because I spent most of that game with my head in a Russian video. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, was making, I was making a video about bad, Russia, 
and their football tactics, written by yourself. Uh, right, unnecessarily rolled an R. Uh, right, in many ways, uh, as I said after the game, summarising your summary, uh, Uruguay out-Portugal, Portugal, didn't they, Alex? Uruguay so did. So I understand. Uruguay did really well. Okay. Um, they, there's a lot to like about them. They have, as we've said before, they've got a very strong pair of centre-backs. Uh, Torreira came in to sit at the base of a midfield diamond, mm-hmm. um, which sort of flexed into a four-across midfield when Uruguay was sitting back uh, in a low block. Torreira was absolutely outstanding. Uh, loads of blocks, clearances, dropping in behind the centre-backs. Is this the Leicester-bound Torreira? Uh, this is the Arsenal-bound Torreira. The Arsenal-bound. Yeah. Wait, which Torreira is going to... You're thinking of Portuguese right-back Ricardo Pereira. I knew there was one in this game. He had a good game too, Right, coming in for Cedric of uh, Southampton. Torreira is going to Arsenal? Yes, I don't know if it's a done deal yet, but it's oh. certainly... Um, I see. Very close to, yeah. Okay. Very mooted. Mm. Um, and they, they look to hit Cavani and Suarez long, um, lots of, of quick, direct, vertical passing. Cavani and Suarez also worked extremely hard dropping back to help the low block. Um, one of them then, when when Uruguay are breaking, one of them works wide out into a channel, the other one hairs into the centre, which is how the first goal was scored, mm. um, with one of Uruguay's midfielders trying to get up in support, Betancourt, for example. Very much working as a pair, though. Yeah, very much working as a pair. A proper kind of, you know, two centre-forwards partnership. And there's not many of those at this World Cup. No. Um, and, yeah, Uruguay, they just, you know, they defended brilliantly. Mm. Um, they, they worked their game plan. Portugal <laughs> had 20 shots, but only five of them were on target. I think Uruguay... 17 of them were uh, Fernandez's as well, so, uh, <laughs> in the last 20 minutes, that um, were straight into... Rosette, as they say. Yeah. Uruguay only had five shots, but three were on target. Mm. You know, Portugal created all the chances. They had all the passing. I thought we, uh, William Carvalho was very good Okay, uh, as a distributor. And Bernardo Silva had a, a good central role initially, drifting in from the right-hand side, then cutting in from the left when Charisma came on. Um, so, you know, Portugal more than did enough to win this game, yeah. except for, yes, their shooting could have been better, um, there are a few too many times where they probably, uh, like you say, tried to hammer it in from a bit too far out. Mm. Um, but Uruguay were superb. Well, it's a bit of a role reversal for uh, for Portugal, really. And I mean, we knew going into this game that these were two teams who, broadly speaking, played similar types of football and have. Well, well perhaps it's fairer to say they have a similar game plan in terms of match management going into games like this. Uh, Uruguay, obviously did the dirty today, uh, but they'll be going forwards into the next round to play France. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear from you, Philippe, having watched that game, whether you, you, you would have been happier facing Portugal or Uruguay, or is it much of a muchness? You know, how are you feeling about I the game? I would have been happier facing Portugal in the respect that Ronaldo wouldn't have been playing because he had to mm. take his second yellow card. That's true. But that didn't exactly did France any favours during the, uh, the Euros final last time round. So, I don't know, I, I, I think it would be a bit of a muchness, muchness. I think I probably fancy our beating Portugal a little bit more so than Uruguay. Mm. I think Uruguay as it as seemed like a general obviously we've done a video about how Portugal Ronaldo is it's not just a Ronaldo team, it's a team that allows Ronaldo to be brilliant. Yeah. And I get the sense with Uruguay there's a little bit more of a bit more dimension to it basically. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, and could uh, be one of those sides again that 
France find very hard to break down. So I was speaking with Alex earlier on, um, and this would be exactly the kind of game where Giroud should start yeah. um, against some very big, very apt, experienced centre-backs. Yeah. Uh, that would be the way forward, I think. And okay. I, I think you know you can also um, have enough faith... In I think Mbappe now that he's scored a couple of goals is going to you know even if even against a really good defence we're going to get chances even, chance even against a, a pretty stern Uruguay defence there will be yeah we won't be as quite as freewheeling or no. um, free flowing as as the Argentina game but it's well that's what I was going to ask Alex because obviously the earlier game today Argentina France uh, there was a um, circumstance was often the reason for players being out of position. Either team was chasing the game at various stages. Argentina aren't a team that defend deeply like Uruguay anyway, so there was a lot of space in behind that defence who are quite slow anyway um, for Mbappe or players like Mbappe to take advantage of. That's not going to be the same against Uruguay. Uh, and so how would you approach it if you were Didier Deschamps but without the uh, already sort of set personality of conservatism? <laughs> um I would be tempted uh, to keep it exactly in lineup terms how he played against yeah. Argentina today. I, I do think that that's France's strongest team for this kind of game. But the how do you, how do you break down I a team would... with with who, who defend deeply when you have pacey players who are good at getting in behind and scoring on the on the break? You try to so. Uruguay's midfield diamond means that if you can counter quickly out wide, uh, then either there'll be too much of a correction because the attacking midfielder and the defensive midfielder will be too staggered and the wide midfielder will have to pull out in order to cut off a fullback and that leaves space kind of cutting diagonally through the middle. Mm. Or you double up, you push the fullbacks high and you try and... Uh, create space in behind the opposition fullback by getting them to come forward to yeah. uh, an overload in that area. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think the problem that France have is they are probably overall they're probably the better first eleven. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the things that Uruguay do well are exactly the things that will frustrate France. Mm -hmm. um, so. I can see Torreira starting and sitting on Griezmann for most of the game. Uh, I can see Giroud and Godin and Jimenez having a right old battle, but mm. you know that's fifty-fifty which way that goes. I, I think if Edison Cavani, Edinson Cavani, <laughs> as we apparently call him, uh, is fit, I think Uruguay can win this. Okay, totally uh, agree. Um, I what I also says even if France go through. This game and don't win. Um, it's a real, it's a very strong test for quite a young team, but also yeah. uh, a test that I think in years to come could be really beneficial for them. Even, mm -hmm. if, even if they don't succeed, it's a this it's a good it's a good challenge to be facing now. I think. Yeah, this this team looks like a team that will win the World Cup in four years' time mm. uh, with one or two changes. Um, I think the level of experience that you have in that Uruguayan spine. With Cavani, Suarez, Godin, even Maslera in goal, I, I I think that's possibly where I would see France 
getting frustrated, being nullified. Not not in getting frustrated in the sense that they don't start playing like Argentina played, but heads dropping. Yeah. Not not becoming petulant or unpleasant because mm. I don't think that French team is like this, but just finding a kind of light blue brick wall and eventually running out of ideas. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that game. Um, I will be calling that for Uruguay. I'm mm, just going to say that now. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of calling, uh, we, we awarded the uh, point to Alex there. Yes. A correct, yeah. well, a correct prediction, correct result for a Uruguay win. What do, where does that leave us in terms of the overall totals? Phil? You, Joe uh, and Alex are joint on three points each. Yeah. After six days, five days. <laughs> How many games? Oh my god. Um, Four a day. We've only been recording it for a. After yes. ten games, we've got yeah. three each. Uh, and I'm on seven. You're on seven? That's stunning, isn't it? And there's More the, than ten there's games. Only, yeah, because there's been a couple of games when. There were 16 games from Monday to Thursday, uh, Tuesday, so 18 games. You and I have got three right. Which is disappointing. Each you've got seven. Mm. That's very good, isn't it? Not bad. We haven't got very long to catch Phil now. There's not that many games left, so I could have it wrapped up by the semi-finals. <laughs> <You could have laughs> wrapped up by midway through next week. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Okay. Well, the next game to predict for is tomorrow's Russia Spain. Mm. Um, so Philippe, as our leader by clear distance, I think uh, I'm going to ask Alex to go first. Russia 2-1. Russia 2-1. I'd love it. I'd love it. But I'm going to go with Spain 3-1. I will go for 1-0 Spain. Is it penalty penalties? Go for penalties. No, I'll go for penalties. Oh. I'll go for Spain. This is why Phil's winning, because he refuses to be silly. All right. Well, um, that's probably it for now. Mm. Two enjoyable games. Ten goals. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was pretty good day, day-wise, wasn't it? Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Russia, Spain, and Croatia, Denmark. Mm. We'll do some predictions for that in tomorrow's podcast. Uh, so thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the day. I can't remember what day it is. I can't, I can't remember if we decided Saturday. which day it's, it was. Day 16, Saturday. is it 17? Which day is it? I don't know. Whether the day off, what happens? There's a siren. Uh, right, see you tomorrow. Bye. My name is Sharzad Kiade. I'm a Gemini pescatarian, a mom of two wild little boys. I'm Susan Yara. I'm a mom of two also. This morning, I went to the bathroom alone. I woke up at five, put my boob in her mouth, and then she took a dump. Because that's what she uses me for. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear a lot of our stories and experiences in our crazy journeys to motherhood. It's fam for all moms, not for all dads, not fathers and moms, for all moms. It's going to be a good old time. You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe.